Welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 285, Find Me Guilty from 2006. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Diesel Legal. Diesel Legal is run by Bon Turner, one of the leading law firms representing thousands of clients with their emissions claim against VW Group and Mercedes-Benz. Shout out to Diesel Legal. Well, shout out to Diesel Legal and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. Joe, I was thinking this is not our first episode since Daylight Savings Time, Saving Time, Singular, mm. but it's our first one during the day. Like, it's weird to record when it's light outside. Like, this oh, is exciting. You're right. Yeah, it feel, this feels super duper early, although it's like normal time for us. It's our normal time. Yeah. yeah. But like, we did the Scarface episode with Brian out now, if you want uh, to listen to that on TooFastTooForever.com. But that was at like 730 at night or whatever. We went to like... 2.30 in the morning, because we can't stop talking to Brian. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it was dark, but now it's light. It's like it's weird to record when I can see outside. I, I don't know what to make of it, but I'm excited. That means summer baseball is almost here. True. The the truth will set you free. The light, see the light. You know who doesn't see the light is people who are locked up in jail. Exactly. That's kind That's of a terrible transition. But anyway, we're here to talk about a legal thriller, kind of a comedy, kind of a thriller, kind of a drama, kind of everything, with returning guest, fan favorite... Garrett Smith. Hello, Garrett. Hello, boys. Pleasure to see you. Here you, Welcome I suppose. Welcome back to the pod. Yeah, happy to be here. Always happy to be here. So now, Joe and I had never seen Find Me Guilty before. What is your history with this movie? This is one I think, I don't remember when I came to you, if we had already sort of allotted other Vin Diesel movies. I don't remember if you love this movie, if you wanted to see this movie. What is your history with this movie? Had you seen it before? Don't don't spoil this time yet, but like, you, did you have a history with this, or is this just one that you've been meaning to see? No history. One that I've been meaning to see. I think you had pitched me like a list of movies, mm-hmm. and I just had said like, oh, I've always wanted to see that one. You're like, great, let's do it. Yeah, so Find Me Guilty, if you have not seen it yet, in the late 1980s, a low-level gangster named Jackie DiNorcio defends himself in court in what became the longest criminal trial in American judicial history. It's uh, available without ads on Peacock Premium. It's also on Tubi and a bunch of other, I think it's on Plex, Plex and like it's on Plex, Voodoo yeah. and everything. Like You can watch with ads a bunch of different places. Uh, but it's out there. Whether you have Peacock or not, you can watch this basically for free in a lot of places. Directed by Sidney Lumet, who did 12 Angry Men, Dog Day Afternoon, Serpico, Network, God. like very heavy hitter. <laughs> yeah, and written I think- by, so this is the crazy thing, written by Lumet, written by TJ Mancini, who I think is just one of Vin Diesel's friends, because he also has a writing credit on Los Bondoleros, which is like, hmm, okay, that's interesting. And a guy, Robert J. McRae, and it was shot by Ron Fortunato, who shot Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, the Philip Seymour Hoffman, Marissa Tomei vehicle that they've covered over on PS. I love Hoffman. But the the, the notable one here is the Sidney Lumet part of it. Yeah. Uh, Sidney Lumet also directed that movie you just mentioned. I believe that was the last oh, movie yes, he directed yes, 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 uh, yes, yes. before he passed, I think. So this was his last, this movie was his last legal or courtroom drama. And I think that was his last movie movie at all, period. Right. Stop. I, I think so. I think. I was excited to see even though he's like 80% the same character he always plays, mm-hmm. I was excited to see like 20% of a different Vin Diesel because I, Joe, I yeah. feel like all lap long we've been like, he's always dumb. He's always dumb. He's still kind of dumb here, but he's he's different enough. And I'm like, nice, cool. It was refreshing. I absolutely agree with you because like we've seen him just pretty much be a superhero for like 20 of these movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So like being a gangster that also is his own lawyer was, yes, a nice reprieve. Because, Garrett, we were talking, you know, we did we did the Pacifier recently, and he's basically Dom and that. Like, in all these movies, like, <laughs> have you seen a bunch of different Vin Diesel movies that aren't, like, his main franchise movies? Like, have you seen him do things that aren't Dom in other movies? Or is this kind of new for you, too? I mean, it's kind of new for me, too, because, like, my only other familiarity with him is, like, some of his other franchise work. Like, I've seen only the third and probably best Triple X movie. Yep. Uh, agree. I've seen... Pitch Black, that's what that's called, right? The first, mm-hmm, the first uh, Riddick one, yep. movie. I've seen none of the other Riddick movies, but I've seen that one. And, that's fine. You know, I think in just so even just talking about those two movies, you're mostly talking about Dom still. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yep. Like there, I would say there are very specific, distinctive things about these characters from one another, but they're literally like one specific thing. Yes. Like, yeah. <laughs> what's his name? Xander Cage is like. Basically dumb, but he cracks a smile. 
right? Like that's yeah. like mm-hmm. specifically that is the one thing he does that Dom doesn't do, and otherwise he's Dom, you know. Uh, and then like Pitch Black is like he's Dom, but he can't see. Like, you know what I mean? It's like I think that's it. He's I think an that's alien. the specific yeah. thing. Yeah. He's like, yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah, this was very different for me. The, the, uh, very different. Uh, different enough comparatively. The only movie that he's really, really radically different is the Iron Giant, but like, oh sure, yes. it's not really him. Like, I, I, I kind of want to differentiate, distinguish that because like it's just a voice. But like, it's nice to see oh. Dom here, not be Dom or Vin not be Dom. Like, I'm just saying he's because he's basically he's he is always his Dom. What's the the best part of this is that they originally were like talking about Joe Pesci doing this, but oh. Jackie Denorcio, the guy who Vin plays in this movie. Uh, somehow, I guess just in prison, whatever, uh, saw the Fast and the Furious and was like, I want that guy. <laughs> so because of the first Fast and Furious movie, they want he wanted to get Vin to play him, and Vin gained 30 pounds, spent two hours a day in makeup and with that hair and whatever. And I feel like two hours a day in makeup is excessive for like what he looks like here, but, you know, whatever, but it works. I bet that's all making that hairline look convincing. I bet it, that's what all two hours It looks hours pretty are. good. Yeah. It looks so fake. It, it looks like he he has fake hair to me. I agree with that, but I have seen fake hair like this go so wrong in other movies. Okay. And I, I did not think that it was like, it did not look, I wasn't thinking about it every time I looked at him. You know what I mean? Okay. And yeah, so yeah, I yeah. was like, okay, I think they actually like, so that's what I mean. It's like, I think if they did two hours of hair and makeup, that's two hours of hairline is what that is. This movie comes in an unfortunate time because I think personally and this is not an offense to anybody because it's not because i'm gonna i'm gonna defend what i mean i think this movie looks like shit and i think it looks like (laughs) shit because it came at the exact time where digital cameras were like starting to be really prevalent and also weren't good yet yes like yep this looks like it's a made for tv movie and so i think the hair looking as good as it does given the fact that the rest of the movie looks bad uh, I think was a was a win for the hair. Well, do you also remember that at this time, kind of the pervading aesthetic of movies, and it was somewhat related to the digital camera things, but it was also, I think, kind of related to music videos. It was this high key music video aesthetic where the the lights were all like really blown out. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't have like a consistent color palette. You had this kind of like almost overlit, overblown color palette and and it looks weird it looks kind of gross and a lot of movies from like i don't know maybe like 2003 to 2009 kind of have this thing going on like even clerks 2 fucking looks like this like everybody was doing this thing like to some extent when i was watching it i was thinking like so this is like Sidney lumet like towards the end of his life and career Mm -hmm. and like is maybe like trying to adapt to the times you know what i mean like he's made he's made famous courtroom dramas before multiple times in his career he's the guy that does this and so like is this an exercise in how do i do that for like the the current audience and generation or whatever like can i make a new version of this type situation can I do it again and it be like as appealing to whatever a 19 year old now as 12 Angry Men was, you know, to a 19 year old then or whatever, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I'm just speculating because I mean, it does have a very distinctive, weird, uh, I agree, like gross <laughs> look to it. Because <laughs> I think what's interesting about the timing, and this is totally happy accidents that we just did Scarface for the bonus episode, and like they're mm. both about crime. And you're, yep. they're both movies where you're rooting for someone you know is doing bad stuff, right? Like, it's it's there's no doubt about, like, they're both criminals. Um, and you're rooting for both. And, like, they almost couldn't be presented more different from mm-hmm. one another. Yet they're both charming, charismatic leads. It's They're so different, but they're also so similar. And, like, it's just sort of a happy accident that we did both this week. But I was I was pleasantly surprised that they, the timing worked out. Like, Joe, did you did – you, think of Scarface at all watching this because we just talked about it or was it totally out of your mind? I I, I wasn't thinking of Scarface at all while I was watching this. I I was thinking of another movie that we have covered before. My Cousin Vinny? Yes. This is just My Cousin Vin. I mean, that's (laughs) that's probably why they wanted Joe Pesci, right? Because it's like, well, he did this already. Yeah. Probably. I Man, I I don't want to see Joe Pesci as a lawyer ever again, though. Like, don't do it a second time, right? Like, you did it, you, you... it was perfect. Don't do it again. Well, and it also, I do think, would then make this movie weird, right? I mean, this movie is sort of about a real guy, and yep. I, I think if it was Joe Pesci sort of, quote-unquote, doing it again, and it's like, 
a quasi sequel to like what is thought of as one of the great comedies. I think it then gives this guy's life story like a weird context that it, you know, it doesn't have without Joe Pesci in it. You know what I mean? Like, granted, he's funny, but if Joe Pesci's yeah. in it, it's going to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm fully with you. Yep. I mean, this is a it comedy, is. though, right? Like, yeah. It would probably fall on the floor funny if uh, Joe Pesci was in it, but yeah, it is. I mean, it's yeah, it's not like uproariously funny, right. and Vin is not necessarily the funniest actor. It's but I think, like he's got a he's got a lot of like funny, like I think he lands comedic monologues in a way that I was kind of pleasantly surprised by. Oh, me too. I think he's really good in this. Um, yeah. Like this to me is one of few things I've seen that really legitimize him for me, and I, I don't mean that to sound as condescending as it does because I I. I genuinely love the fast and furious i genuinely love that triple x movie i've seen and he's he's part of my love for those things there's there's something there is something about him right but this to me like really legitimizes him as like a real talent that is deserving of roles outside of these just like large goofy cartoons that he is mostly in now he seems happy to be in them i'm not saying he needs to do that but he would be deserving of i think like better stuff uh it turns out yeah, I think that's what's – and I don't know if that's by choice because I feel like, at, especially by this point, right, like Vin has enough power to make the movies he wants to make in mm-hmm. the way that he wants to make them, choose the projects he wants to do, either whether he's just an actor or producer or whatever. So it feels like if he wanted to do more sort of different, diverse, whatever kind of stuff, he could. But oh, it yeah. seems like – we talk about this a lot, especially this lap. It's just like he kind of just wants to keep making franchise movies, which right. isn't bad, but no. it's not – interesting like and i think it's the same thing with like tom cruise like, we talked about like especially in the back half of cruise club like after a mission impossible most of what he wants to do is just find a second franchise and like he hasn't really been able to do that and it feels like vin's like all right so i got fast and furious i got riddick i got triple x i've got guardians even though i'm not like a star of guardians is like i'm, I'm kind of good right like other than bloodshot like i feel like everything we've covered this lap we didn't cover we covered bloodshot when it came out but like yeah Everything is like on the upswing. Like it's it's all stuff when he was still becoming Vin Diesel. Now that he's Vin, it's just like he's only playing three or four characters, and like that's it. Like and, it's pretty and much I'm not, the same I'm not character. Like archetypes. Yeah. I'm just saying like the actual character. Like he's only playing Dom. He's yeah. only playing Groot. He's only playing Riddick. Like it just he just wants to do these things, and like I want to see more because I think he can do it. Yeah, I mean, I bet I bet that's very comfortable. You know, that all sounds very uh, comfortable and nice to me. I'm sure I would enjoy uh, a big paychecks. A life. You know, yeah, yeah, big paychecks. You don't have to really, you t- to some extent, you're not working that hard. It's you, you're just sort of churning these. It's like every day is kind of set. Every year is kind of set. We're just onto the next one of this thing, onto the next one of that thing. But, but uh, what I mean to say though, Joey, is like, yeah, I mean. I am missing the work that we might get otherwise, right? Like, I think it's I think it's the kind of thing where like I have friends. I'm I'm probably mentioned this on the podcast before that like who bemoan the fact that like Marvel is eating up careers of like like what uh-huh. Robert Downey movies could we have had if he never was Iron Man, right? Like could, we could have had like four or five and like maybe one or two of those have been like amazing, right? Like who knows? Yeah, maybe. And to, and to me, the heartbreak there it's the same thing, but is the filmmakers themselves like these like John Watts, this like young promising filmmaker that then gets stuck making three Spider-Man movies over like whatever six years instead of whatever interesting movies he might have made otherwise right. as he's still coming up, you know. And that's like the whole like that's the frustrating thing that Marvel always says is like, okay, you made two really cool indie movies, one with a slightly larger budget. Here's eighty million dollars for this movie. You have no creative freedom right. or to put your name on it. Like from the director of Seeking a Friend for the End of the World or Safety Got Guaranteed, like here's a thing that Kevin Feige basically made. It's like, right. okay, like right. sure, it's successful, but like what could you have done otherwise? Yeah, I just I, – I do miss the work from these promising creatives that get gobbled up by this stuff. And so I do – I think that like this movie proves that like, yeah, there is probably some missing – Vin Diesel greatness in our lives because we have so much Dominic Toretto, you know? Yeah. Right. So this is based on a real story. I don't know if either of you knew. I think I feel like I either knew about this just from like doing research for the show in general, or I had known about it or whatever, but like this court case took almost two years. It was in the mid eighties. The trial started in March of eighty seven and ended in August of eighty eight. It's it's just this crazy story. This is based on the real thing that like they they say in the closing credits that like Jackie Norshia like got out of prison after seventeen years and he died while making this movie. So it's 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 a bummer kind of in that mm-hmm. way. The only other bit of trivia that I want to say, and I want you guys to guess, it's kind of like a preemptive letterboxed guessing game. 
do either of you want to do either of you want to take a guess at how many actors are in this movie who were also in The Sopranos? <laughs> oh, six. Uh, I'm gonna go eight. Uh, you're both too low. Take another guess. Give me a dozen, baby. Ten. Yeah, ten. Keep going. One more guess. Keep going higher. Are there 25 guys that have played Sopranos in this movie? 17. 30 actors. Oh also my God. In Sopranos. That is genuinely insane. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, I was just like, I'm, I'm sure it's like a lot of just like, you know, Italian guy or whatever, right? But like, oh, yeah. a lot Sopranos of on the air at this time? 2006. It must have just wasn't it, 04 it was the ending. End. I think it ended in 07, maybe. I think the finale was in 07. So, like, it's definitely in its final season right now. Okay. Yeah. So these guys are all looking for work. And Sidney Lumet's like, I have just the thing. I can just cast that entire show. The one thing I want to start with here is that, speaking of prestige HBO shows, I want, I did not realize I wanted until I saw this movie. I want Vin Diesel, Peter Dinklage, Buddy Cop movies. Yeah. I oh, want yeah. them as a mismatched duo. I think they're great together. I didn't know Dinklage was in this movie. I think he's great in this movie. I like that there's like, I'm always worried, especially from a movie from the 2000s that like, they're going to use like his height as like a, like a, a slur or something, but he's just treated like he's just a lawyer. Just a lawyer. Right? Like, he's just, he's just he's a dude. A, yeah. Uh, yeah. And one of the great moments in the movie is the first time his like law clerk brings his podium out. Um, you know, it gets like wheeled across the juror, the jury, right? And everybody's looking at this thing. And Peter Dinklage, like, very proudly gets up and walks towards it and climbs up it and starts doing his lawyering. And that's, and they make nothing about it. It's just the way that he proudly walks to it that I was like, oh, this rules. This is really cool. Yeah, I was, I was nervous because there is a lot of other weird jokes in this movie <laughs> that shouldn't be in a movie from 2006, but. You're right. Yeah, I was nervous for the Peter Dinklage stuff, too. But I think that also, I mean, he definitely wasn't, like, super famous at this point, right? Because it was no, a Game of he, Thrones. He'd like, been in movies. But yes. He was, he was, this was well before he was Tyrion, right? So, like, yeah. Yeah, he, didn't, he was known as an actor before he was Tyrion Lannister, but, like, he was not what he is now. Like, he's not leading Cyrano in 2006, right? Like, he's But I think that he was, like, actor. probably enough of an actor to be, like, we're not doing fucking jokes about my height here right i mean is elf before this which is a movie that like very much makes him a, a punchline i think it's oh four yeah um yeah and probably the movie that at least i like kind of really remember him from first um, yeah so yeah was, i would it's oh three yeah yeah i i would bet that he did make a point of like I, i'm not doing that for my whole career you know what i mean yep and uh yeah i and i also really liked the way his character it's not really explained why he like sort of comes to Jackie's aid. And at first I was a little like, why is this guy being so nice to him? But within a few scenes, it's like, well, because I get it now. Like Jackie literally is like who they describe him as. Like, he's just kind of a likable guy. He's and, just real. Yeah. Yeah. And he just sort of appreciates that about Jackie, like right off the bat. And ju I just like the way that bond develops very naturally. And the movie doesn't really comment on it. It just kind of like develops over the course of things. And, like, I wonder if at the end of the movie when, like, he gives Jackie a call in prison, like, if that actually happened or if that was for the movie. Right. But, like, it feels like it really – it feels earned, right? It feels like mm -hmm. I, I want to check in. Like, I want to say, hey, you did a good you did a good job, kid, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. over these last two years. Yeah. It is insane how long it goes on. There's, like, that one montage where it's just ticking off, like, more and more days. It's so long. I keep, like, seeing the days add up in the corner, and I was like, this feels – very unnatural that like a court case is right. like because like the first one that was like 300 i was like a year of trial like holy fuck yeah like what are these people doing like can like what would going back oh. to work be like after this dude i wanted to talk to you guys about this because this was all i could fucking think about these jurors that are here for two fucking years yeah i'm pretty sure last time i did jury duty all my work was required by law to do was pay me the minimum wage for those hours. Yep. I so like, not... them, I don't even I don't even know if that's I think what you got honestly is maybe better than most I think most people get like a stipend for like lunch. Like they get like ten or fifteen bucks for lunch and like that's it. Yeah. So like that's two years. Like, what the fuck? How do these people keep living their fucking lives? I know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I, I also do wonder, like, there's probably, like, on a federal court case, it's probably mm. different. I don't mm. know. But, like, yeah. And also, you know, I was thinking about the OJ trial, right? And, like, I don't remember the – I was too young to remember the actual OJ trial. But, I mean, I had seen 
people who are OJ Simpson, like American Crime Story, and I saw the documentary yep. or whatever, yep. and like they're like, oh, you know, we did months and months of deliberation. Like it's going to take these guys weeks to figure out, and then like it's hours, and here it's fourteen hours. It's like, yeah, you held these people a prisoner basically <laughs> for two maybe, years. Maybe a mixed metaphor for two years. They're going to want to get out as soon as possible. Like they yep. knew. I'm sure some of these jurors knew for like hundreds of days <laughs> how they were going to vote you know, or, 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 you know, what they were going to decide, right? Like From the rip, his first like monologue, when they start laughing, they're like, that guy's cool. He's good. Right? And like, and then it's like, okay, well, you still have to sit through two years of this. Well, Ugh. and that's also like the other thing that this movie made me think about a lot was um, uh, I'm just going to call him Batman's dad because that's all I can think of him as the guy that plays like the prosecutor. Yes. He's Batman's dad in uh, Batman Begins. He he's also the like crazy preacher guy in Mandy, and is very good in that movie. Oh, Linus Roach. Okay. I think okay, that's okay, the actor's okay. name. Yes. Linus Roach. Uh, yeah, he plays Batman's dad in uh, Batman Begins. So Batman's dad gives that speech at one point where he is furious, and he's like, "They're fucking murderers. These people have actually fucking killed people. This shouldn't yep. even be a question." And the thing is, he's not wrong, but. I I spent the movie contending with like, but I hate authority and our system so fucking much, and that's what Jackie is able to make the court case about. That doesn't matter. It doesn't matter that these guys are operating outside of the law because the law is fucking trash. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. And we talked about that a lot in Scarface too. Where it's just like, look, Tony Montana, not a good dude, but like the points he's making about like how the system is corrupt and banks fuck you over. It's like, yeah, that has merit. And like here, it's like you see the cops like, hey, you want me to finish a job? Like the guy's just like, hey, you want me to rape you? And she's like, no, like what? No. And like it's down the line. It's like everyone in this movie is bad, but no, it doesn't matter what side of the law right. you're on. Right. You're all terrible people. Yeah. And it's like if I were sitting on that jury, I don't even know if it would matter how much I like Jackie. I fucking hated Batman's dad. From like the second he started talking. <laughs> yep, yep. I I relate to this so much. I will be like the worst juror for reasons like this. Like that prosecutor's voice fucking sucked, and like, <laughs> and like I'm I'm going with those guys. But like the idea that at the end they all celebrate that like twenty very legitimate criminals are now back on the streets. <laughs> it's really fun. Dude, when they chase down the jury to give them hugs and stuff, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. I don't know if it's even possible that that actually happened, but that is such a funny read of these men. Well, I also think, you know, like when, when Batman's dad is like, don't these people know that everything costs more because these people just like the fact, like even if they're not like, right. Setting aside the fact that they're murdering people from time to time, like the fact that this is all mob owned means everything you're buying is more expensive. It's like, right. yeah, you're right, but you're also still the asshole. And so, like, yeah, I'd rather have the people who like seem like people I want to hang out with and have a beer with, even if they're like criminals, yeah. um, like officially criminals. Like, I'd rather hang out with them and like, I I like seeing them give the hugs to the jury. I'm like, yeah, like you guys deserve, like in a weird way, like you deserve. I don't know if they deserve it, but like it's. It's also, yeah. it's also, by the way, yeah, sure, their mob is raising the prices of my fucking tomatoes every week. If their mob wasn't, you know what mob would be? The fucking government anyway. Like, it doesn't, yes. you know, it's like, it's, I don't know, I don't even understand that point that he's making. Totally. I mean, I do understand, but, but you know what I mean? It's like, there's still also a system in place that is still fucking everybody over anyway. Yeah. Which is all he's protecting. You know what I mean? Right. Which no, is exactly. what makes him a piece of shit. Yeah, he's upholding the thing that gives him power, which is right. just what everybody does in every situation anyway. Right, right. Uh, aside from having a slightly different Vin here, Joe, what did you think of this movie overall? Did you like it and compare it? Because we're almost done with the laugh. There's a couple more Vin movies we've not gotten to yet, but like there's maybe one that's like pretty different. But like I think the other ones we're going to have, the other two or three movies we're going to cover, are like going to be sort of dom-ish roles. But like what do you think of this movie overall and Vin in this movie? I wasn't huge fan of the movie itself, like I said, because I felt like it was kind of like a B-tier version of My Cousin Vinny, like, and that's what they were striving for. But I did think Vin sells the charisma, he nails the monologues, he seems likable. To see him in, like, aged-up makeup and, like, goof, like, you know, hair, he does great. And I think he's the best part of this movie for me. I did like seeing all the other like actors and things in it. Like some of the jokes, I was like, oh, like these are okay. I didn't like super laugh at anything. So for it being a comedy, I was like, I wish it was more comedic, like yeah. 
like a My Cousin Vinny or something like that. Mm -hmm. But, like, overall, it wasn't a bad movie. Like, I don't feel bad that I watched this or, like, regret that, like, I sat through it, so. I think it's also probably too long. Like, I think I like it more than long. you did. But I think it's, like, it's two hours and it's, like, a kind of comedy. And, like, I don't know if it, it knows what it wants to be. But I liked seeing, I, I think Vin was great in this movie. Yep. I think Dinklage was great in this movie. Yep, I think Peter Dinklage too, yep. His wife in the one scene was good. Like, I just, I liked a lot of the parts of it. And I just, you know, it's almost a movie that, like, I didn't need to watch. I could just kind of listen to. Because I'm like, there's not really mm -hmm. anything, like, visually interesting going on. I don't no, they're think. just in the courtroom for the most part of it. Or it's he's in a talking, jail cell. It's all talking, baby. Yeah, it's all performance And, like, I don't mind that. Because, like, you watch a movie like 12 Angry Men or My Cousin Vinny or whatever. It's just, like, there's stuff, there's interesting stuff going on here. Like, it looks... I don't want to say, like, incompetently shocked because Sidney Lumet made amazing movies, including 12 Angry Men, but it's just, like, there's nothing here that, like, I feel is doing anything where I'm, like, I need to, like, I'm visually interested in this movie. Like, I want to see how it plays out. I want to see Vin when he's doing his Vin things or his not Vin things or whatever. But I still liked it, though. I think I think it's better than a lot of the other movies we watch, if only because it's different and because, like, I don't think there's anything bad about it. I just think that, like, it's not as, it's not like you have to go rush out and see this movie. I think so, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm pretty much in line with that with you guys. I did really enjoy it. I, maybe I liked it a little more than both of you. I did really enjoy it, but I, I am. It's not, I gave it three stars. It's not, you know, I, I don't know. It's not huge or anything. But I do think, like, I would like to talk a little bit about how uh, this character is hilariously like Dom, though. Like, sure, yeah, it, it, it is. It's great to see Vin Diesel doing something that does feel so different from what he normally does, but. It is still like the whole fucking deal with this guy is he loves his family. Family. He it's is all family. A, it's he's a family man. He mm -hmm. stands by his family. Mm -hmm. He protects his family. And the way he talks about fit all of his monologues are about family. And like there are even ways that he dips into Dom voice sometimes. There are like yes. certain speeches yeah. that he gives that all of a sudden he drops into that low register of Dom and is not doing that like I don't know, happier, go luckier thing that he's kind of doing as as Jackie. I just was really it it what it made me realize was like there is one thing he's good at, right? Like this movie proves that he's actually a more I think flexible and elastic actor than we might give him credit for. Agreed. And and yet it proves that he can do that as one particular thing. You know what I yes. mean? There's like a thing that he's really good at, but he's actually great at playing a lot of different shades of that yeah. thing. Yeah. Which I which I don't think is necessarily like it's no that's that we've, that's we've classic learned. movie stardom yeah 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 because we learned that we were talking about that with the the Hanks episode that Mike and I just did where we did a man called Otto and it feels like all these actors that we've done like fifty or sixty movies of and Joe the same thing with us with like Zeph and stuff it's like they they either intentionally or because Hollywood deems it as such they fall into a pattern where there's only like two or three different types of characters they play and like that's just like okay, there's a new Tom Cruise movie coming out, and, like, you know what it's going to be. Even if you don't know what it is, like, you know what he's going to bring to it. Mm -hmm. Yes. Same thing with yes. Tom Hanks, same thing with Zac Efron. And, like, it's exciting when they do something different, but it's just, like, that just that just kind of, it's kind of what it is, right? And so to see him do something, like you're saying, Garrett, like a shade different, it's like, yeah, it's still Tom. It's still the same Vin Diesel, but it's different enough where it doesn't feel the same. And, like, at this point, in 2006, there's only one... Fast and Furious movie that came out with him. So, but like, mm -hmm. if you're seeing this when it comes out, you like kind of know him from that. You kind of know him from a couple Riddick movies and a couple, and like the first Triple X, and like they're all samey, but like it's not like he's been Dom for 15 or 20 years, right? It's just like he's been this guy. Yeah, when this came out, though, I do remember that the big headline with this, because I was like very on, I was like a freshman in college. I was very mm -hmm. online. I was very into movies and what was going on. I was like, it was the height of my like movie fandom and being sure. online and reading news. And, and I remember the big thing with this movie was like, you won't believe how good Vin Diesel is. Like wow. this guy that okay. has been like making a career because that because it is like right at the rise of Vin Diesel. It's right at Triple X, Fast and Furious, Pitch Black, like all of these things are happening. Right. And so it's like he's now making a career as an action star. And the headline was like, you won't believe it. He's a fucking actor. Uh, so I do think there was already starting to be an established feeling of like what the Vin Diesel movie star thing was going to be. And right. this was an initial kind of like shake up to that. Because like leading up to this, like in the short time leading up to it, there was Triple X, A Man Apart, which we've not covered yet. We're going to. Chronicles of Riddick, so the, the second one, and then the Pacifier, which we, when we talked about that is like it's he's trying to do something radically different by also being the same exact character, right? Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, if he's already doing that in his career, where it's like I'm gonna do something that's the opposite of what I am, but I'm still gonna play myself, and it's just like you've become 
not a cliche, but like people know what to expect from you, right? Like you don't do that kind of movie unless you're trying to break free of what's been known. But then he does this, and then he goes into the next movie we're going to cover of his, I think, or some, something soon, which is Babylon AD, which I don't know about, but I think it's like a sci-fi weird maybe oh, yeah. kind of flop. I don't know. I kind of want to see that. And then from then on, it's all Fast and Furious and like franchise stuff. And it's just yep. like, there's like a two or three year window in the middle of his career where he's like, I'm going to do weird stuff and see what sticks. And it seems like what sticks is none of it. And he goes back to the original stuff, which is kind of a bummer. But like, this is kind of a fun place to live for at least for a little bit. Yeah, I, I would really like to see more of this kind of thing from him. I wonder if he reverts someday. Like, I wonder if, like, at, like at, like when Fast and the Furious ends, if he goes back and plays, like, the dad role uh, in, like, uh, a bunch of these. Like, kind of, like, analyze this for, for um, Robert De Niro. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Yeah, meet the parents. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I had the same thought, Joe. I was watching this and I was like, you know, like he's so good at this family man thing. Like, honestly, they could like reboot Married with Children and have him play the fucking dad role in that. Like now, you I know what I mean? I definitely like, see some kind of sitcom. Yeah, that would like, like, he, I think he would be good at that. And it would be an interesting turn for like a late career thing from him to to just play like, I don't know, like father figures, elder statesman in whatever sitcoms dramas just you know get get him at an action hero role and and get him into like i don't know older man you know because he's not as prolific in terms of the volume of output because he's only done like one or two maybe movies a year but like we were talking about on the hobbs and shaw episode joe with montez last week that like we're wondering how much say he has because he's so he has so much power in the fast and furious movie so even though he's only in one fast and furious movie every one or two years like he's basically kind of making the movie like he's not directing it but he's like so involved so like if he ever actually separates from the fast and furious he'll have all this time like i think i think he is interested enough in the creative process to want to explore like at least i hope that's true right like i, I hope that he's just like yeah hey let me try something new that i try that you know either new new or that i haven't tried in a while right and like I, i'd be more interested in that than just seeing him do like brooding anti-heroes for the rest of time yeah that was my hopes and dreams when i saw this i was like oh man like we might get a revival of this someday and like it'd be cool fucking cool to see yep and like where is this gonna go because you know he's still gonna be like a nerd and they're probably gonna give him like pretty much free reign to do whatever he wants so like where is he gonna go with it right when this movie came out, it was pretty much like just like a hey, that was pretty good. Like it has a sixty percent, sixty two percent on Rotten Tomatoes for both audit critic critics and audience. Sixty five on Metacritic is all just like hey, that's pretty good, but it flopped hard. Like it had a budget of thirteen mm-hmm. million, which I think is maybe it's about both higher and lower than I thought it would, but given how this movie looks, but it only made like two million dollars worldwide. Like no one saw this movie. That does yeah, weirdly apparently. seem expensive for this movie, outside of the fact that there are so many actors in it. Right, yeah, because it's like two or three locations, right? Like it's yeah. a courtroom and yeah. a prison, and like that's kind of it. Yeah, that seems weirdly expensive for this movie. Yeah, but I guess I would maybe like an old school guy like Sidney Lumet's like we got to do it the right way, we got to do it this way, we got to do it like you know all these different setups or whatever, and like who knows? I don't know. I do like though that Vin. We we sort of we've mentioned it, but we have not really like he's a father, and not just father of like baby B, where he's like got like a little toddler running around or like a you know five or six year old, but like. He's the father of, like, a grown-ass woman. Like, he's, like, Papa. Like, he's just, like, a dude with, like... And we don't see a lot of dynamic between him and his daughter, but, like, it's a that's another kind of wrinkle, another kind of difference between him and his normal character, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah, that is an interesting shade to that. Yeah. Can we talk about Ron Silver really quick for a minute? The guy who plays the judge? Sure. Okay. Do, are, are you guys familiar with him, like, at all? No. Not at all. Please. Okay, so I don't. Uh, my partner was like, "Well, he was on West Wing for a while, apparently as like a similar character." So she was familiar with him this way. But here's how I'm familiar with Ron Silver. Here are some things that Ron Silver is in. Ron Silver is the villain in Time Cop. Ron okay. Silver is the psychopath in Blue Steel. Mm-hmm. Ron Silver is the abusive husband in The Entity. Ron Silver is a crazy person in The Ten. Has he? Have you done an episode on Killer Bees for him or no? No, he just is a fucking psychopath. I've only ever seen him play nuts. He plays okay. full on nuts in everything I've ever seen him in. And so when he, when he showed up in this and he's like so warm and like treats Jackie so well, I was like, what? The, I've never seen this guy do this. Like I, <laughs> I, I think of him exclusively as like a high key on cocaine villainous 80s guy. Sure. You know what I mean? 
I, I could not believe it. I was like, this is, I, it was like an incredible performance to me, but only because I've only ever seen him do the other because, thing. Because, like, I think if you don't have history for him, it's just like, yeah, guy's playing a judge, right? Like, it's just like, yeah, yeah he's, he's like a, I've never seen him room. this, like, yeah, he's so, like, even keeled in this. He's really kind. He's, like, on Jackie's side about things. I've never seen him this warm before. I, I was blown away by it. But, yeah, other, I don't know if it's actually, like, a, a blow-you-away performance. It just was because it's this guy. No, and I think, like, that's, like, and this is going to sound, like, not, like, a compliment, but I mean it more as, like, not a knock-against movie. Like, I don't think anybody's bad in this movie. Like, everybody, like, knows right. the part they're playing and, like, does it. And, like, it's just... One guy's like the slimy prosecutor, not slimy, but like the guy you're not really rooting for. The guy is yep. the judge. Everybody's either like a, a a mob guy or a lawyer of a mob guy or like whatever. It's just like, yeah, this is, you know, it's it almost feels more like a play than a movie. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, that's the whole thing with courtroom dramas. They feel like they're meant for the stage. And so it's interesting to me that they do often make pretty compelling movies and I find that kind of fascinating because they're not particularly cinematic in in some sense, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I guess, like, how many courtroom dramas did Sidney Lumet do other than 12 Angry Men? Yeah, here, hold on, because there's actually at least one or two more. I was kind of surprised when I was looking at it. I was like, wait, he did that too? Okay, not exactly a courtroom drama, but he also did Dog Day Afternoon, which is okay. a similar single location. Yeah, kind of- yeah. But he did The Verdict, which I have never seen, but I believe is also a courtroom drama with Paul Newman. Um, and I think there's one more in here somewhere that I just wasn't as familiar with. Night Falls on Manhattan, an Andy Garcia movie. Looks like it's a courtroom drama. Yeah, I, I knew there was at least like one or two more and they're just like less uh, popular. Q&A is about a young district attorney played by Nick Nolte. Like he just like always sort of hovers in the space, it seems. Mm hmm. Yeah, but then, like, he also directed Network and Serpico. Like, there are a couple, like, really standout things. Um, Prince of the City, which I watched last year and was pretty interesting. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead is pretty good, too, by the way. Worth, it is. It's reading. really good. Oh, Guilty as Sin, Rebecca De Mornay, Don Johnson, another one. Like, dude just loves a courtroom drama. The uh, By the way, the movie I added to my watch list while looking at Sidney Lumet's uh, filmography was a movie I had never heard of called Family Business, starring Sean Connery, Dustin Hoffman, and Matthew Broderick. I couldn't what? believe it when I saw the three of them on a movie poster. I was like, well, I'm, I'm watching whatever that shit is. <laughs> Drama, action, thriller, crime, comedy. Yeah, like The poster makes it look like a comedy, right? So who There's knows? There's nothing like a good robbery to bring a family together. So I, I do want to mention, you mentioned before, Garrett, that he is basically Dom talking about family. There's the line in here that I think his daughter is saying to him, you worry about everything. And he says, only family, that's all that matters. The rest of it's a fart in the hurricane. I'm like, yeah. all right, that's very Dom. But then he says, I think at least twice in this movie, time is fleeting. And I'm like, that's interesting mm-hmm. because we know that he's got nothing but time. <laughs> and so if he's saying Good point. time is fleeting, it's kind of the antithesis of that. So interesting. I don't know. I do want to see. I do want to see or slash imagine that this is just old Dom, right? Mm-hmm. That like, and he comes to the realization like, oh, my friends are getting sick. Like, I, I don't have nothing but time. I have very little time left, and like, I must accomplish things now. It also does seem like this is what the Fast and Furious series is going to have to build to, right? Like, there will eventually have to be a courtroom drama where they bring the entire family in on a RICO trial to try and like put them all away. Essentially, yeah, I think so, and and then it just becomes like law and order. Right. Well, what what I appreciate about this is that like there's a there's a clear reason why he's defending himself is because he has the the trial in the beginning, which is mm-hmm. we find out it's like the second trial, right? That the second thing he gets busted for or whatever, and his lawyer is so bad there that he winds up in jail for thirty years. And I'm wondering if at the end of Fast and Furious Four, when he gets sentenced to life in prison without parole, if he would have defended himself there too, because like, it feels like <laughs> Dom, it feels like Dom is the kind of character who would defend himself, maybe. <laughs> but I think he might be smart enough to have a lawyer too. You know what I mean? Like, I think that he hates lawyers, but he has, like, a friend that he went to, like, grade school with that became a lawyer and, like, makes him do it. This is how Hobbes comes back to the series. He just shows up and he's like, yeah, I know a little bit about the law. Who would be a lawyer if if the Fast and Furious brought in a lawyer? Jesse. You think Jesse would be a lawyer? Yeah. I think that his ADHD and... He's also dead. I know, I know, but I'm saying like Jesse was like you like the most intelligent, like book smart version. 
it might have been more fun if that's what they had done with, and now I'm not going to remember his name outside of calling him Bama. Sean. Yeah, it might have been fun if that's what they did with the uh, the lead from Tokyo Drift. If when they brought him back, it wasn't as like, I don't, whatever they did, that weird like science guy thing. If it was like, oh, I actually like got my shit together, became a lawyer, and uh, I can defend you in court. Yeah, that would have been that because he's like he's got that like fast talking thing a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I could actually see that character maybe developing into it. You know, an, actually, in terms of fast talking in that group, I think Twinkie would be a better lawyer candidate. Oh yeah, than that's him. probably true. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah I can get them whatever they want. I can, you know, you want you want a you want new Jordans? You want a new iPod? It's like, dude, it's twenty twenty three. Nobody uses iPods. Have been discontinued. We don't need an iPod. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I also think that like it's funny like in the in the Fastiverse like they are so. They're they're they don't want to go to prison, but like they're so anti-prison, they're like we're gonna go to a country with no extradition, right? Like we're just gonna like, we're gonna leave right. everything we know behind to not deal with trials. And it's like yeah. okay, yeah. The only line I wrote down from this movie, by the way, and I wrote it down because I was like, oh my god, I think this is gonna be the last line of the movie, and then it wasn't. There was like one more thing that he said, but like close to almost the very end of the movie, the last thing that Vin Diesel says, and he's not even on screen. It's like the camera's like pulling out from the courthouse as this happens, and you hear him in ADR scream, "I'm a lawyer." Pretty good. <laughs> I was also happy for him that he gets a titular line in his closing speech, where he's just like, "Yeah, yeah." Look, if you need to find anybody guilty, find me guilty. It's just like, all right, cool. He said a thing. <laughs> yeah. I also, I'm sure it's happened in other things. You know, it's happened in the Fast and Furious, but like. I don't think there's probably too many movies where Vin gets shot, and he. This movie opens with him getting shot like yeah. three or four times. But in true Fast and Furious fashion, he's totally fine. He's basically just, bulletproof. Yeah. yeah, I thought I was worried. Sixteen shots, and he's just like, "Why did you do that?" And then like, yeah. it's fine. This had all the hallmarks of my least favorite thing, where this is going to like flash back to that moment. But like, no, like it's it's linear. It's just like yep. it starts with him getting shot by his junkie cousin, and then that becomes a plot later. But I'm just like. Are we starting at the end? Like, is he like get out of prison and get murdered? Like, what is this? And then it's like, no, he just gets shot in bed. It's like, oh, yeah, that's even weirder. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. But I guess it's it, if this is based on a true story, I guess that part had to kind of happen, right? I guess so. I don't know. I also do love his opening speech talking about the full size mirror and the rump roast and like his wife saying that like this belongs to the butcher. Like that whole thing, the way that that he's able to tell stories, like he's got the charismatic mob guy thing down Mm -hmm. and also the charismatic lawyer thing down. Like those are two different things. I think he nails both in like both his opening and closing speech. And like it's it's fun to see him in lawyer mode. It was interesting that a lot of what the character was doing was sort of like I, I kept. I don't know. It was sort of funny to me. Like every time he got up to question somebody, he wouldn't really be questioning them about anything that seemed all that relevant to the case nope. at hand. It was That's why just it took a- two years, Gary. That's exactly. Yeah. It just it was just Dom just like going on like yeah. story time. But like obviously it's like the the gambit there, and but it's the what was so interesting is like I don't even know if the character totally realized he was doing this. The gambit there is that like he's doing things that make him likable to the jury and prove yes. how ridiculous the rest of these people are to the jury. Yes. But it was just funny to me that like anybody was even allowing this to happen in the courtroom at all because it was so tangential to like what was happening. Like, I could definitely see a judge being like, can we get to the fucking point here? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, especially, like, you know, 18 months into this, he'd be like, we're not doing right. fucking story time today. No yeah, stories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Questions only today, or you're getting the fuck out of here. Like, well, I would also imagine, you know, in, like, movie sense that, like, if this is, you know, they're going to they're gonna adapt things to make things more compelling for the screen. But, like, even if this is, say this is, a, like, 100% of this happened in real life. Like, out of 700 days or whatever, 600 whatever days on trial... You're going to have four, like, good stories, right? Let's just be like, okay, we're going to just pick those. <laughs> right, and, like, right. Even if it gets shot down the other hundred times he tries it, like, a few snuck through when the judge is, like, in a good mood or whatever. Right, right so, Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And, like, potentially, maybe we are seeing the only, whatever, 17 times he ever spoke during the trial. You know what I right. mean? This, like, two-year trial, it was only these 17 times well, he got up I and think, spoke I or, think what's interesting is that, like, the movie starts out by saying, like, if you fail in defending yourself, we all go down. Like that's right. what the C and Rico is, right? It's like conspiracy. Yeah. And like if you're guilty, we're all guilty. Right. And he's like, cool, got it. And then like that never comes up again. Like nobody ever worries about that. They're just like, oh yeah, he's he's got it. It's just like, wait, what? No. And, and by the end, he says, I beg you to find me guilty if that's what's gonna happen. And it's like, well, no, but that's the whole fucking that's the whole thing you're trying to avoid. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They if can't, one they of can't them's find guilty, even they're... one of you guilty. 
I agree. And it's like, and being like, if you find me guilty, it's like, well, bud, like, that's pretty much admitting that you're guilty, too. You know what I mean? Like, if you're like, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. just like, give me the blame. Like, I'll take the blame for everyone. It's like, eh, that's not how it works here. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not the law, bud. I thought that was very funny that his, like, big emotional speech at the end was about the thing that the whole movie was about, like, them trying to avoid. Yes. <laughs> uh, Joe, did you have any other thoughts, any other notes, anything else you want to say about Find Me Guilty? Because I think I'm just about yes. at the end of my notes. What do you got? What? Okay. The most egregious thing that happened in this film that almost took me out of it early on is that he asks why there's no ketchup for his steak. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck was that? They're like, we have A1. He's like, what? No ketchup? And you're like, whoa, this is awful. I think that's some fucking like World War One, World War Two shit that's like whoever wrote this script or that story like this story is old enough that it's like from a period of time when a1 was maybe just like not very available or too expensive and so everybody was just doing ketchup on their steak because it was affordable to do that it's so weird it's so so weird so there was that um i have a couple fast connections and just weird things that um happened in the movie one um his lawyer's name saul so he says call saul which I, thought was, which I thought was funny. I was like, wow, little did they know. I caught um, that too, yeah. When he meets with his wife, and they're, like, in that, like, interrogation room, they, like, let them, like, go in there, like, before they canoodle. <laughs> She's, like, smoking in there, and it was very reminiscent of Sean's mom smoking in Tokyo. Like, can I smoke sure. in here, officer? <laughs> and I thought that was really funny. Well, this is the same year as Tokyo Drift, so, like, they're just, like, that's a big year for smoking in places you shouldn't be smoking. <laughs> yeah. I but it seemed like you were allowed to smoke, because they, like, also are smoking in the hospital. Like, his daughter's smoking inside okay. the hospital. People smoke in hospitals in movies all the time, and I am always like, was there ever a time that that was actually okay? How? how? Is that real? I guess. And I think that, like, maybe probably doctors were smoking in hospitals, too. That so seems it's like, insane. Right? Does it? It seems, like, really bad. Like, like for this, just, like, basic cleanliness. Like, sterility, right? Like, you're just like, <sighs> yeah, we probably shouldn't do that inside and in a place that you should get better in. And this is, like, I think that's, this is the 80s, right? Isn't that what you said it took place, Joey? It is in the 80s, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Bananas to me! That, like, we were just, like, so laissez-faire about smoking. Like, I... I I remember, like, when we could smoke in places, and but, yeah. Well, you, you used to be able to smoke on airplanes for way too long, right? Just like, oh, no, that's the non-smoking section. It's like, where do you think we are? We're yeah. on, like, a tube. Same thing about restaurants, smoking, non-smoking. Like, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean? If somebody's smoking anywhere in this restaurant, it's happening. You're going to smell We're it. all getting that. Yeah. I yeah. don't know how it's in your city, Garrett, but, like, a couple years ago, I went to, like, one of, like, the maybe two last smoking bars uh -huh. in philly and i was just like this is gross do you know which one like, it was um no because i it, i would describe it as being shitty yeah um which i think is probably describes all of them yep it was like weird and like kind of like red tinted like red colored and like oh long. I, I think it's bob and barbs that, that sounds right might be bob yeah. and barbs yeah i used to smoke a lot of cigarettes at bob and barbs watching baseball there's like a couple bars that you can still smoke at i'm just like how is this like I uh, love it though. I do. I like. I still like yearn for bars that you can smoke in. Like, even I genuinely as, don't even know if it's legal anymore, but I do know that there are places that still do it. In but Philly. they just do it anyway. They just say yeah. fuck it. Let's just roll it. Yeah. I think you get grandfather. There's like some. Like we have one in New Haven that's that's um a bar that you can smoke in. That's like a cigar bar mm. that like is so old and has been there for so long. They were like, yeah, like we can't. Like although we ban smoking everywhere, like they like gave a special exemption to the owl right. shop. To, yeah. like, let them still smoke in there. Because, yeah, you're right. There's a couple bars in Philly that are still like that. Uh, I, I only quit smoking, like, three or four years ago. So I was, like, going to those places, uh, you know, it, as recently as, like, five years ago. Yeah, I mean, ago. look, if, if, you, if you're a smoker, I get the appeal. But yep. for someone like me who, like, grew up with, like, a, a parent who smoked and, like, I just didn't want to be around them, like, yep. I don't even want to be in here. No, and, like, of course not. like, bar not. hopping or whatever, I'm just like, I'm going to go outside. Like, you guys can meet me outside when you're done. Because, like, I yep. just don't want to be inside sitting here drinking, like, Bud Light. Or whatever, right? Oh, and, like smelling yeah. cigarette smoke. It's horrible. And like when people smoke and but you know, it's like you're basically asking to be constantly inhaling smoke because there's just yes. never going to be a moment that people are taking a break. There's always going to be someone with a cigarette lit up. Yep. And even if they're not, like it's still like you're in a smoke filled room anyway. Yep. 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 That's neither here nor there. Joe, are there other notes? Anything else? It was kind of it, in this movie. Vin makes two separate fart jokes. 
<laughs> well, he's so, a part of Hurricane. Is there two more beyond that, or is that one of them? The, the, like, well, when he's in the car, he's like, can you roll down the windows? And then he just, like, rips one. And I was like, that feels like a very non-Vin acting thing now. And that, like, I was like, that's just very curious. Like, can you imagine if, like, Dom in The Fast and the Furious was like, pull my finger. And, like, you know what I mean? Or something weird? Like, I was like, I can't imagine him, like, making fart jokes. Um, that's funny. Yeah. And I think... The last one I have is the oh they mentioned Giuliani at one point too. What is he? Is he's not the is he he's not the mayor yet? What is his role? Is he the like movie well, fucking he, he opens ran that with giant him, Rico case? What? Doesn't the movie open with him? The first thing in the movie is Rudy Giuliani, isn't it? I thought I because I I just had this memory the other day where I was like, what did I watch recently that a young Giuliani was like in the movie? It's got to be this. He was appointed to be U.S. Attorney for the Southern District of New York, which is technically yeah. a demotion, but sought by him because of his desire to personally litigate litigate cases because the SDNY is considered the highest profile attorney's office in the country, and as such is often used by those who have held the position as a springboard for running for public office. This is in 83. It was in this position he first gained national prominence by prosecuting numerous high-profile cases, yep. convictions of Wall Street figures Ivan Bosky and Michael Milken. He also focused on prosecuting drug dealers, organized crime, and corruption in government. He was, like, one of the first dudes to, like, bring down, like, a bunch of these, like, RICO cases. So, like, it makes sense that they mention him here, too. Yeah, no, yeah, in, in the Mafia Commission trial, which ran from February of 25, 25th, 1985 to November of 86, he indicted 11 organized crime figures, including the heads of the five families, under the RICO Act on charges including extortion, labor, racketeering, and murder for hire. Yeah. I'm pretty sure yeah. the movie opens with him like at a press conference saying something about putting the these families away. Probably to, that to, makes like, sense. Set the that's, movie that's, in time and context. Yeah, because that would have exactly predated. Like that was the thing that set up this thing. Yeah, because I remember thinking when this movie started that like my very first thought was like, oh, they never could have known how poorly this would age. Well, also speaking of like, um the RICO Act and Batman's dad just having yep. Maggie Gyllenhaal be like, ah, oh, the RICO Act. Yes, we got it. It's just like, come on. Like, you don't understand. Like, I love those movies. It's like, you don't understand law at all. Like, of course, like, it wouldn't be an epiphany that you'd have the RICO Act. Just, right. you know. Well, also, though, but that's the only reason I even knew what that was before watching this movie was because of a fucking Batman movie where they explained to me what that was. Ah, oh, the RICO Act. Yeah. <laughs> we get one. We get them all. Yep. Okay. Garrett, other notes, other thoughts about uh, Find Me Guilty? No, no, I, I just, I really liked uh, Vin in this. It, it really like solidified, like, oh, I think I actually like genuinely like this actor. I don't need to like make fun of him, really. Like, it's still fun to kind of make fun of him, but I, I think I genuinely like this actor. Cool. Yeah, I think that's. I, I don't think you need to rush out and see this movie, but if you're like, I don't know if Vin's a good actor, like you can see him in this movie, like, oh, he does have other stuff in his heart, in his soul, other than just being Dominic Toretto. Yeah. Let's watch the trailer. It's Find Me Guilty 2006 original trailer HD 1080p posted by HD Retro Trailers three years ago. The top comment on YouTube says he doesn't need a lawyer. He's got family. <laughs> and then someone else says Vin Diesel should do more of these type, uh, this type of movie more. And I'm like, yeah. So, you know, pretty good. Pretty fair point. Are you guys ready to watch this trailer? Let's do it. Uh, yes, I'm ready. Uh, 240 for the length. Oof. Okay, let's see. Well, the Scarface trailer are three minutes and 20 seconds long and terrible. So, well, it'll be better than that, maybe. Hopefully. Yeah. Who knows? Three, two, one, play. Better be a lot of Ron Silver in this trailer. He's my MVP. Oh, that I guess it is rated long... R. I didn't think about it until I just Oh, no, saw he that. says fuck a bunch of times. That's what it, yeah. You're all going down. The men you see before you have engaged in all sorts of criminal activities. 30 actors from The Sopranos. That's fucking hilarious. There they all are right now, flashing across yeah, the screen. Yeah, that was them. This is such a weird trailer for this. The vibe? Like, all of that cutting they did with surveillance video and stuff, none of that happens in no, the movie. The movie's not about those so. things. This trailer makes him look like he's special needs. Like, I don't understand what this trailer <laughs> is doing. That's true. That's true. Wacky music? What? Joe, we're on a weird run for trailers, man. Yeah, they. I guess that they were trying to, like, start it out to make it seem like it was going to be serious, and then it takes this weird, like, goofy turn. Exactly. But it's still, like, this is... 
it's not up to you. You want to bet? <laughs> the Bruno's wants you dead. Oh, boy. Love you. Puts four bullets in you and he loves you? Yeah, he loves you. Not four bullets. Yeah. I want to offer a deal. I ran out my friends. I ran out my friends. <laughs> you know what the two best words in the English language are? Things change. Man, I was good think not guilty in that moment, but sure. <laughs> that was a very dumb. Oh yeah, yeah. Every time Jackie. he talked about ratting on his family, he suddenly became Dominic Toretto. Yeah. I never knocked on nobody. It, it's the first thing I thought. Yep. Same hand motion, everything, delivery. He's got, like, such a beaming smile that he rarely uses in movies anymore. Yeah, he's always brooding now. Yeah, he's always, yeah, he's always so serious. You're watching this trailer in theaters, you're like, Sidney Lumet? What? Yeah. This movie? He's, I real, I just realized in wearing that hat and seeing him in the hat again, like, he's playing a Sam Rockwell character. Yeah, you know, I was thinking um, he's playing, like, a Sylvester Stallone character. Yeah, ah. yeah. Boy, oh, man. Okay, sure. That is a weird trailer. Very tonally weird. Not, not surprising good. that that movie did not uh, pop at the box office. Like, I understand that cutting a trailer is difficult, but, like, it's amazing how bad some of these some, are. We, yeah, we, come on. We've hit some ones that were like, what the fuck was that? Like, nobody should have ever seen that movie based on this trailer. This era is so weird for movies across the board because this is another thing that's weird about this era is it's like right at the end of movie guy trailer voice and yeah. the beginning of like we're not doing that anymore. We're like yeah. not narrating trailers. We're just using footage to do it. And so there's this weird in-between period where like I there was not – I don't think a movie guy voice on that trailer, but it still had the – I don't know how to say this, or the Muzak that a movie trailer of that yes. era would have to like deliver the tone and stuff. It's just caught in this weird in-between stage of that evolution. Is that because Don LaFontaine died? Interesting question. I don't know. I think it's. I think he died around that time because like I don't think he's ever gonna like. Re- I don't think he ever like planned to retire. I think he just died. And they're like, well, we can't really replace his voice. So right. I don't know. Anyway, okay. You guys already did the Sopranos game. Now we did the Letterboxd game. So for reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road, 1.4 million people have logged that. Find Me Guilty 2006, directed by Sidney Lumet, starring Vin Diesel, Alex Rocco, and Ron Silver, have been seen, and Peter Dinklage, have been, has been seen by how many people? Joe? I'm so bad at this game. Oh, this is going to suck. Hard. It's very hard. It, but this one, like, it being free everywhere is a factor but also because it made so little movie and i don't think anybody's gonna revisit this uh i'm gonna say like eight thousand. Oh my god the fuck joe 8043 right? whoa that's it yeah but again joe somehow got it right because yeah, that's he's cheating my, no, i'm not cheating you heard my explanation i, I talked heard your explanation. Right that doesn't mean you're not cheating I I'm was going to guess cheating. a quarter of a million people. <laughs> no. no. No, no, no. He like, said, because Joey gave us the, the, he was like, it only made two million at the box know, office. Yeah, yeah. And although that like, it's not on Netflix, which I think would give it a big pump. Mm, I mm. like that would have been more, but like it being free everywhere on like Tubi and Plex and stuff. I was like. I bet a bunch of people have at least seen and logged a Dinklage and Vin. That was my yeah. yeah. It's really funny if you click on like anybody's name. Like they make the they make the joke in this movie about like people's names ending in vowels. But like if you look on Letterboxd, you click on anybody's name who ends in a vowel. It's like oh this guy's in Goodfellas and Raging Bull and Casino. Oh this guy's <laughs> in The Irishman and Casino. It's just like all these dudes who like are like older Italian men are like in all of these movies. It's like yeah, this guy is in Inside. Oh that actually didn't really work. Damn, hmm. there goes my theory. Anyway, out of those 8,000 people, how many have this in their top four favorite films of all time? Four. Three. Fucking Joe. God damn it. <laughs> Was I right? Yeah, it's three. I had a good run. I usually don't get, I don't, I never hit both before. You're so, nailing it. Yeah, that was a good... Okay, cool. You missed... Garrett, I was on a run there where I was within like a thousand for like 
four or five movies in a row. It was really nuts. Like I had like a really, really good run. I haven't been doing that great recently, but like this double right here, I'm very proud of. So we're going to Lucas W97, who did not review this movie, but has this in the top four. It is, is my cousin Vinny, Vinny one of them for my no, last call? It's, it's, Fuck. Okay. It's his number one favorite film of all time. Wow. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Did he log it? Log it like more than once? Is it like logged like six times? Does he actually watch it like every three months? I can't. I, I, it's hard to track logs. You only log seven. Actually, hold on. No, I'm just. Uh, yeah, I don't know how the website. No, works, like if, so. if if you do reviews, like he might never have actually logged this movie. He might just be like, "This is my favorite movie," but I haven't watched it. You know, who knows? But no, this is his okay. favorite movie. His number two is a movie that was in the Scarface top four we just did, Joe. The Batman. It was the one you did not get. Eisland's favorite movie. Oh, fuck. It's a Garrett, I'll give movie? you a hint. Is that what you're saying? It stars someone from the DCEU and the Harry Potterverse. And did you say it's a mob movie? Is that what I'm trying to figure no, out? No, 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 no. It has nothing oh, to do with the mob. Oh, oh. And Brian covered it for High School Summer Party. I remember that. It's part a high of the school clue. movie starring someone from the Harry Potterverse and the DCEU. It's but not neither a... is the Star Star. It's not a Twilight movie. No. Am I on the right track with the my actor? Not. Wait. No. Robert Pattinson. No. Yeah. Okay. Harry Potter and what else? They're in Harry Potter and there's one person from, from Harry, Harry Potter, Potter separately from and someone one person from the, from the DCEU. Right? They're two different people, Joey. Yes, correct. Oh, oh, oh. That's what okay. he's saying. It's not an overlap. Yeah. Got it, got it, got it, got it. The tag- oh, Joe, it's set in Pittsburgh. set in Pittsburgh. Oh, Perks of Being a Wallflower. The Perks of Being a Wallflower. Well, I was never going to get there. Watson Holy shit. Watson from Harry Potter and Ezra Miller from Oh, the I was Flash. never Is that the one that has, um, what's his name in it, too? Oh, I knew a girl that was like in the trailer of that movie. I had a yeah, huge I think you crush on her. Logan Lerman's in it. Dylan McDermott's in it. Melanie Linsky, Hall, right? Nina Dobrev, Mae Whitman, Julia Garner, Tom Savini. Nicholas Braun, Joan Cusack, Paul Rudd. Yeah. People love this movie. I did not. Tom Savini showing up for Pittsburgh movies, though. That's cool. Lucas's third favorite film has been seen by 1.5 million people on Letterboxd. And not the Batman. Not the Batman. It's from the 2010s. Spider-Man it's... Into the Spider-Verse. No. It is, uh, it's, I, I would say, even more culty of a movie than Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. But visually, aesthetically... Very similar. Col- oh, is it? But you're culty as in like a lot of people love this. It's got like a, like people love this movie. Yeah, I mean like a million and a half people on Letterboxd loving yeah. like logging a movie means like, you know, movie nerds love it. Yeah. Aesthetically it similar? Racer? No, no. I, I think, I think, no, that's in, that's the two, 2000s. This is 2010s. 2010s. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but Speed saying- Racer's only been logged by 164,000. This is almost 10 times as popular. Yeah, holy crap. Okay. But you're saying aesthetically similar to... It's not... Um, uh, This might be wrong year, too. It's not um Scott Pilgrim? It's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Oh, good Hell guess, yeah. Garrett. Nice. Thank you. Is that like 2010, 11? It's, it's 20 like early, right? 2010 yeah, on okay. the dot. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rachel had never seen Scott Pilgrim until like last year. And I, like, I brought it? it up to her, and, and I, we watched it, and she was like, holy shit, that was really good. I was like, yeah, Hell everybody yeah. loves cool. that movie. And then... Lucas's number four is what many consider to be the best action film of all time. Die Hard? Die Hard. Oh, okay. That was a good Find Me Guilty, Perks, Scott Pilgrim, and Die Hard. I looked at the other people who have Find Me Guilty in their top four. One person has G-Force, the Nicolas Cage plays a mole, (laughs) uh, gerbil animated movie. Find Me Guilty, The King and I, and Pharaoh, 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 Pharos of Chaos. Don't know what that is. I don't know what that um, is. And the other person has Mr. Majestic, which I don't know what that is. Uh, uh, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, which is, I think that's the Lazenby Bond. Is that the Lazenby Bond? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think Mr. Majestic is a Bronson movie. I think It looks like Charles Bronson on the poster. And then for a few dollars more. I'm like, these are like weird. Uh. I don't know. But yeah, the Lazenby Bond, which I love because I did not like Connery as Bond. And then I'm just like, this is weird. So like I went with the one that like, the four movies Lucas picked don't really cluster together, but like they were all gettable, and you guys got them all. So good job to both of you. Thank you, um, and good job to us. We completed another successfully completed another episode of the podcast. Um, Garrett, thank you once again so much for so very much for joining us. What do you have going on? What's going on with Killer Bees? And when are you going to do? Uh, I don't remember. I almost called him Adam Silver, who's the commissioner of the NBA. When are you going <sighs> to do the the judge from this movie on your show? 
Uh, so Killer Bees is currently on hiatus, but we are like building up some episodes for you know an up, a forthcoming season. So I, I don't know when it's releasing, but but we'll be getting there. Um, okay. You can find us on moviejohn.com. Uh, cool. That's J W N, the uh, the Philadelphia John. Uh, Ron Silver is definitely on my list for somebody to do because I think he is just so funny and weird. I don't know how much Tori is as interested in doing him because he's always just a fucking maniac and stuff. But uh, that seems like from I'll afar, try and make it happen. The point of your show it's like this guy's always a maniac let's talk about it yeah i i I will try and make it happen because i i do thoroughly enjoy him and uh boy yeah you guys gotta see if you haven't seen time cop he is just delightful i haven't seen time cop in a while but i've seen time cop uh time in time cop ron silver at some point has to fight ron silver and it's fucking one of the most it's one of the craziest things anybody's okay so here's a promise i want to you right here right now garrett fan favorite garrett smith on not main feed fan favorite we're not we're not going that far fair enough but if Fast 10 or 11 or whatever introduces time travel. Yeah. We will do a time travel lap. We will do time cop and you will talk about time cop with us. Oh, please. That sounds great. Yes. So you have to pray, you have to pray that the Fast and Furious continues to elevate its insane game and introduce time travel into the narrative. That's fine. I, I might also demand like 30 other time travel movies that you cover because it's uh, it's one of my faves. Uh, but yes, I, I will do that. Um, yeah, you don't have to do time cop, but we will we will cover time cop if we ever do a time travel lap because that seems like a, a one made for the show. Uh, anything else you want to plug? Anything else where people can find you? Anything else people can follow you? Oh uh, yeah, just uh, check me out on Letterboxd. I'm at Philadelphia there, spelled the way cool. you think it is. Very very cool. Well, Joe, next week we have got a life in the fast lane coming up, which is going to be very exciting, and then we're going to do F nine mm. with Montez. And then our next Patreon bonus episode is, I mentioned earlier in the episode, we're doing A Man Apart, which is the Nick Burris-picked one where I think he's also, once again, kind of playing action hero, but we'll see. I haven't seen that one. I, I don't know. I don't even remember that movie. And like, then existing. it's 2003, so it's before this. It's like right around the time of Chronicles of Riddick. And then we're going to do, I'm not sure exactly when it's going to come out, but we talked about this just earlier today, Joe, you and me. We're going to do Young Rock Season 3 in the near-ish future. So if you've not seen that yet, if you want to see that, go watch that. It's all on Hulu and probably Hulu, yeah. Peacock. Yeah. Um, so go watch that, and we'll talk about that in a few weeks. But Life in the Fast Lane, F9, A Man Apart, and Young Rock coming up in the very near future. Because we, we still have a lot more, because this lap isn't ending until after Fast 10 comes out. So we got a lot more of this lap, but we don't have that many more Vin Diesel movies. So a couple more Vin Diesel movies, the next one of those is a man apart behind the paywall or on patreon.com actually speaking of the paywall shout out to our patrons oh. <clears throat> cassie wilson ben milliman nick burris alex ellen and justin Kleiman, brian rodriguez of high school slumber party Ooh. who was just on our episode of scarface west hampton jerry robinson dan the duke hayden renato di donato michael mcgann lane middleton Lindsay lewandowski nate milton of the kings of sport jason rainey tom price mike gallier josh buckley josh buckley of whole lot of wolves, Michael Moser and Jessica Collins, aka Montez. Thank you all so much, and thank you once again, Garrett. For oh, of course, joining thanks us for having on me. this episode. Always, thanks you for joining us, brother. It's it's a pleasure every single time. It really love to is. be here. Love your podcast. Love you too. Happy thank to be you. here. Thank you. Thank you. For all things too fast too forever, go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. We'll read on the next episode of Life in the Fast Lane. Check out our Patreon page at TooFastTooForever.com and our store over on TeePublic and come back next week for Life in the Fast Lane. Will we have another Lance Barnaby moment? Maybe we will. Hopefully. Maybe we won't. We can only pray. I, we can only hope. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And that was fan favorite Garrett Smith and we will tell you all about it. And we see you 